Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders like you get the knowledge and skills you need to impact more people and live the life you've always wanted. Get ready to experience tools, tips, and advice by the co-founders of Giant and best-selling authors, Jeremy Kubacek and Steve Cockrum. Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek, and as always, I'm with the ever delicate Steve Cockrum. Steve, oh. how are you? Is that the way that you? No, <laughs> I'm not sure. I've I'm not sure I've ever been described as delicate, Jeremy. Uh, but I just you, had to you, try your, something Your introductions new. get more fun every year. Yeah, delicate. <laughs> I wish I wish I was more delicate at the moment after a, a week at an all-inclusive resort in Cyprus. Yeah, delicate. I mean, not my middle name. Uh, ever pampered. Is pampered the word? Yeah, pampers is the name of a, a diaper over here as well. So you can have to work <laughs> on your cultural engagement again. <laughs> well, uh, welcome back, man. I'm at Cyprus. Most of the people, if you said where's Cyprus, they would go, I don't really know, but I know where it is. And yeah, uh, obviously, tell us about it. So Cyprus is a, a little island which is almost the southernmost tip of Europe, but it's over near Israel under Greece. That's Mediterranean, hopefully, for Americans. I'm gradually enlarging it a little. If you draw a line across, it's level with Morocco and North Africa, which is why it's still warm at this time of year. So my very, very intelligent wife decided that we needed some winter sunshine. And uh, as those of you on the podcast can see that, obviously, I have a British tan. This is about as, as brown as we go. And it wasn't – it was just perfect, actually, Jez. It was – the Cypriots were the most hospitable and the best – service culture i think i've ever been to so you know the taxi drivers would say it's with cypriots we are welcome is our everything and i'm like wow and i thought of you because it was also full of russians um and apparently it's the everyone everyone just says it's the ultimate money laundering capital now of europe because the russians buy all the uh all the apartments and the the things and they sell them at a loss but the loss is now in euros and they're now officially able to spend their money in the European Union. Obviously, oh, wow. I would never say that out loud or in any way in a public <laughs> forum. But it was certainly the opinion of most people in the hotels and the, the various taxis we took last week. So. so, how much money did you take to wash over there? To like, you yeah, just, well, I, I can't. Launder, like yeah. a laundromat? I'm not actually allowed to talk about that. The lawyer said that that was going to remain between us. But no, I wish I had money to take over there. I would happily buy myself a little apartment there oh. as another giant retreat but yeah no that's what i've been doing this week and i had a proper first second year so i didn't do any meetings last week maybe one that was it so for me you know that's that's me living living our values and what was so cool was that basically the team back in london i've been working with for the last couple of years they did all of the coaching clinics so if you ever want to see a, a multiplication action my trick is go on holiday and pretend you're not available. And then the team, despite their little Absolutely. squirming, have to go. They step up and they do brilliantly. So, yeah, that was a good week for us. What about you? What's been going on in your world? Well, you know, um, I'm getting ready for a, a long kind of travel month. We're going to Florida. We're going back to Mexico in December. Just some of those kind of things. Those are fun. But the beauty my of favorite restaurant in my favorite yeah. hotel in Mexico without me. We, we, yeah, that's right. And uh, the beauty of our work is we can work from anywhere, right? And so that's the that's the fun mm -hmm. part about technology and all of this. But um, but I had a uh, had a weekend that kind of went like this. Uh, hey, we're having some some of our dearest friends. 
wanted mm. to know if they could have, you know, an engagement party at our house for their son and stay the night. And and we love them. Great friends. If you're mm. watching, uh, yes, great friends. <laughs> Heather and Tracy, we, we love you. Uh, mm -hmm. but the, uh, the interesting thing that happened was like, you know, I said that in my mind and then didn't mm -hmm. put it all together. And then yesterday when you've got like a kajillion people in your house that were all, <laughs> you, you know, on the weekend and then and it like took the entire day, I'm not complaining, so, not griping. So uh, you're having to uh, take Kelly away to apologize for all the things that she wasn't me. For. Yeah, it, it was her. Me. She said, yes. Oh, wow. So, oh, yes, wow. yes, yes. So when the Guardian says yes, yeah, and then the yeah. connector kind of goes away to hide because it doesn't know <laughs> anyone, it's reverse rolled. So, oh, Jess, I'm feeling your pain, happen. but less of your pain when I think you're going somewhere warm and you're going back to the Paradises at Cancun. There you go. So. Yeah, it's oh, rough. Very good. Well, we have a good show for you. We have some all types of topics for those mm. listeners. Uh, I think we, I don't know where we're at right now. Uh, Tracy, we probably need you to uh, figure out some logging system um, for seeing how many people we were up mm -hmm. to 4 million years ago. Yeah. We probably dropped back down because we kind of take a little break and it's probably yeah. ticking back up. I don't know the exact, you know, giant um, leadership podcast meter, but there's probably some tracking that will probably go up into the millions pretty soon. And, and, and our axiom is always never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So we're probably already at 5 million. And uh, thank yeah, you for right. all of you wrote in questions for us to answer this week. So we're looking forward <laughs> to right. that. But tell us a little bit, Jez, about our current affairs topic that we're going to process today. What's been going on? Yeah, you know, here's the, here's the thought. Here's the conversation. And we'd like just to dive into like what's really happening right now in the world, in the psyche of the world is what I want to talk about of like mm -hmm. what... Um, when does a pandemic become an endemic? Meaning, when does a pandemic end? And yeah. they they do. Uh, the Spanish flu in 1918, it ended. Mm. I mean, it was still going on and trickling for a while. Yes. But the, the mass... And the question is, you know, no one knows... Well, some people probably could tell us if they were experts <laughs> of when it they think it will end and what it looks like. But in the psych, psyche of the population base, yeah, uh, what what do you think is happening to people as we've gone through from uh, what March of 2020 uh, all the way till now? And uh, I'm not asking yeah. us to, to talk about when do we think that it's going to end. Yeah. It's really just more, what's the psyche of that? It's a good topic. Cause I think it'll probably be different in different cultures, won't it? In different parts of the world. I can certainly talk to you from a kind of England and a little bit of Europe point of view. I think that in some senses over here, we've almost gone, it's time to move on. So even when the government is still putting out stats every week, a day, and how many, they appear to be going down. And actually, people are people are having their booster jab to their second jab. There's still some of the anti-vaxxers that are just being um, idiots from my perspective, but I won't be too technical on that. Um, but fundamentally, I think people have basically gone, look, we're going to have to get on and live our lives. So I'm watching in many ways, a very, very limited impact of COVID. You know, travel is back up to what it was before. The cars are on the move, public transport. And people are, some people wearing masks, but not many anymore. So I think I think kind of psychologically, we're aware it's still there because we're, we're being impacted, I think, by a lot of the supply chain logistics, you know, shipping and all those things around the world. So there's, we're very much aware it's there, 
But I would say that actually, you know, we, we open up and come to America. Even the Americans have opened their borders to the leopards from Europe that two years on, I had to get a brand new Esther. I think I used the last one once before I you shut the border down or whatever it was. So the fact America's opening up for travel as well for vaccinated probably suggests that I think from a travel point of view, psychological point of view over here, I think most people are going, look, if I get COVID now, those drugs, I'm probably going to catch it at some point. But I think we're pretty much through over here. That would be my read. And I don't know whether, you know, you guys, we probably did more vaccination and you have a few more anti-vaxxers, I suspect, uh, knowing the American psyche to not want to do whatever well, they're told. But yeah, well, I think I think it's, uh, yeah. Well, first and foremost, um, do you think it might be you that we weren't letting in? I'm just saying, because we've well, been letting Brits in for a long time. <laughs> well, maybe that's what it is. But I, I, I think because we once did that event for the Trump's inauguration committee, um, I went through the highest level of clearance through the American system to be allowed into the Supreme Court. I well, think now every time I apply, every time I apply for something, I get approved in like within 10 minutes. It's fantastic. And that wasn't Trump. That was the inauguration committee. So... Well, it to turned out to be Donald's inauguration, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But we do that for all the inaugurations. So yeah, that's... there are other there are other political parties out there. Yeah, yeah we did it for. Oh yeah, we just did it for Biden as well. So yeah. the uh, apolitical uh, world of giant. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I th- what I think it is is the psyche of like. I think there's a lot that's coming out and it's going to come out. I mean, mm-hmm. the uh, from the press and the. Uh, how do you say that the the over uh, sensationalism of the press mm-hmm. and the yeah. misinformation and all those things the pro- proliferation of misinformation, but mm-hmm. you know the from the Russian stuff has just come out recently mm-hmm. and what it was and wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that a lot of people are like I want to find out what is what happened in 2020 mm-hmm. with the Chinese and. What happened mm. with the so the mistrust that has happened mm. over this last few years is off the chart, and so I think the question is is how do we actually start to move into mm. back into some form of mm. uh, of civil society and civil yeah. work, and um, will there be some rational thinking? Will will there mm. be some calming down and? with the pandemic, even though I saw spikes here recently in Germany and some other places going into the winter, Mm. I I think people don't trust it as much to go, or they're just sick of it or the combination of both. Yeah. Where they're like, Hey, we've done this. You know, Mm. if you're Australians, 590 days in lockdown (laughs) just, and what that does to you and how that changes you. So Mm. I guess I'm just interested more than I more than have an opinion, I'm curious yeah. to know for the psyche yeah. of the world what yeah. will what would be a new era look like and coming out yeah. of this because we know it's we're, it's going to end and we probably know yeah. it's run its course here pretty soon. Yeah, I think it's, it's a really good question because so I think as a leader you define the culture. So there's a period I think where I go well I don't need to travel ever again. You know we've proved we can do our work whatever it is. But, you know, that that bit of going, actually, the, the human interaction piece is more valuable than we think it was. So maybe I, th- I may, maybe others will go through the same process of going, look, well, we've managed to run the business and do what we do almost in lockdown for 18 months. But it's only when you're with people, with clients, 
in front of audiences and speaking, you realize there is something unique about being in the same physical environment. And I, I think that's the bit for me where I'm watching, like I'm thinking, gosh, I'm away the next four weeks for different parts of it. I'm in Norway, you know, and, and suddenly realize without me realizing it, I've gone, you know, there's something I really love about travel. <laughs> and I think maybe, again, I'm listening to your travel schedule and even if it's internal to go, actually, as leaders, we, we are the ones who define the culture for other people. And in a sense, travel is, I think, one of those signs that we are demonstrating confidence in the future. And we're almost coming out of the deep freeze, thawing out almost of realizing that as human beings, we're made for relational interaction more than we're made for Zoom. And, uh, you know, I, I've said this before, but a friend of mine who's a psychologist said, look, you know, there's a reason why you get so tired being on Zoom all day. Because there's something called a cognitive dissonance, which means when I see you and I see Tracy, there's a part of me which feels like I see you, but at a visceral level, I know I'm not physically present with you. So I actually deal with the grief of seeing you, but not seeing you. And I think that was a really helpful thing for me to understand why just being on Zoom all day is not enough, even if the business works. And just thinking for leaders, how you how you begin to reestablish that culture of human interaction, because a lot of people will get quite addicted to working from home, but that's not necessarily um, a permanent solution. I think it's a bit of both. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one, Jason. Then we'll uh, move on. I think it's time for the metaverse is what Come it on. is. And, uh, Does that mean? <laughs> and, and so if you saw Facebook's announcement, and if you, by the way, yeah. it, it's really interesting. If you go to meta.com and watch the videos of what he's thinking of the metaverse is, it's really fascinating. Um, so mm -hmm. I would actually encourage you to do it, uh, any listening, because you, you got a quick glimpse in what he sees the future, which is basically the ability to live a life and connect with people. But I think to your point, what you just said, mm -hmm. that is going to be the psychological blowback to some of those things. Yeah. But Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, uh, thank you for those of you who've been sending questions in for us. Um, I'm gonna bring in our amazing Miss Tracy Rader here. Tracy, you, you've got a couple of questions I think that you'd like us to pontificate on today. I do, yeah. So everyone keep your questions coming. These are really good. Here it goes. Brandon from Nashville, Tennessee is asking, I manage a team of nine people in a small accounting office. There's drama and gossip among several of the employees. Sometimes I feel like I'm babysitting. Any tips on how to get a handle on this? Jess, you want to go first? It's like a softball, this one. The, the answer is there's always a tool, isn't there, in the giant toolbox that we've already created for this. Do you want to, yeah. do, you want to do it, seeing I'm being kind to you today? You're so nice. Yeah, no, I'll jump. I'll jump right in. We have a tool called Go to the Source, and the idea, the idea is first and foremost to have one person that you have an issue with to go directly and have a conversation with them. If you don't talk to someone directly, all drama happens. All that's where gossip. That's where cancer forms inside organizations because it's just the inability to talk with other people directly and have mm -hmm. rational conversation. So what typically happens if 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 I have an issue with Steve, then I go, you know, Tracy, and I go to, to Tracy. Well, that's the wrong person. So her role is to basically be a firewall and go, mm -hmm. hey, 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 have you talked with Steve about this? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I have. Well, you need to talk with Steve. So she pushes me back mm -hmm. into the right direction to talk mm -hmm. directly with Steve. And then when I talk directly to Steve, all of a sudden now I've got an opportunity 
to, you know, oh, I thought it was like this, but it's really this. Okay. And then we get clarity. They can see, we can see each other face to face. Now we do that live if possible Mm -hmm. um, so that you can really connect with people directly. So I think that's Mm -hmm. a a key component and it's really, really important. Um, And so if you do that well, then the leaders find the culture, then the leader Mm -hmm. enforces that or let's just say puts that tool in play inside the team and little dramas start to little fires start to go out and um that is a tool code called go to the source mm. add to that steve what would you what would you add well you did a great job i think i think the thing that i'd say is it having a tool that's that simple actually doesn't make it simplistic so I, I always go when we work with like boards of you know very illustrious people a number of them often say steve if you would give us one thing what would it be I would say this is the biggest culture changer in any organization. Of all the tools we have, if you can eliminate drama and gossip and create a culture where actually people go to the source if they have an issue and you hold the line on that, nothing will improve your culture more. So, you know, to our dear friend Brandon, it starts with you, Brandon. Uh, no one's going to do this if you don't do it yourself. And that usually means you've got to be probably bring a bit more challenge than you are at the moment because actually allowing it to go on, not knowing what to do with it, effectively, by not dealing with it, you're giving permission for it. So a little bit of that support and challenge as well to you to go. But go to the source, go to the go to Giant, and um, you can watch the video of us teaching it. You can then share a visual tool with your team. You can put it in. And I always ask people, who would like to be part of a team that doesn't have drama and gossip? Everyone wants to be part of a team. And at the end of the tool, you simply say, Guys, what's going to stop us from actually implementing this in our team and organization? And no one's got a reason other than the fact we're all tempted <laughs> to do. We're all tempted to go to someone else to complain about somebody. So great answer. Great question. And uh, yeah, it sounds like we're very passionate about this one because I would say it's the biggest culture killer of all. That's great. Perfect. Well, if you thought that was a softball question, then then here we go. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Hunter from Atlanta is saying, Steve and Jeremy, there's some debate going on around uh, who has a better golf swing. So if the two of you play golf together, who's going to win? Wait, that that wait, might wait, be wait. two separate questions. I think that's two questions. Yeah, 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 two that questions. Who has yeah. a better golf swing and who's going to win? <laughs> Oftentimes those are, and and I might, I might go ahead and say probably Steve on both. I know definitely the second one. Uh, except, except for if you it just depends there's a different way to play golf and i've learned this in my older age which i'm moving mm-hmm. into the older era yeah and you're i still, turned your sixth decade you're in now jeremy aren't you yeah 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 and i've and i've changed i've created uh some some new golfing um language and actually a new way to play golf it's called happy golf and uh the way you play <laughs> happy golf is when you instead of keeping score like a normal score yeah. you basically you know, you've got 18 holes, so you have 18 faces. You draw a circle in each box, like of each mm-hmm. hole, and then you fill it in with either a smiley face, a frowny face, or just a <laughs> meh. And then you count up how many happy faces you've had, and that's mm-hmm. your happy golf score. So then you go, Hey, how'd you do in happy golf? I'm like, I shot a seven <laughs> or I shot a four. So you got four happy faces. So it was a four day and it just changes the whole entire way that you play golf. What do you think of that, Steve? 
it sounds awful, <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> I think I think you may have a technically better swing because you were a college golfer, you, you know, and you've been custom fit by tailor made for your whatever it was your golf club. So you've got all the gear and a beautiful swing. Um, but and the great thing about golf is, don't forget, we could be playing with a handicap. I think if we played off scratch, I'd be quietly confident I'd take your money. But 100%. If, you, if you had a handicap about fourteen. I think, I think, what am I off a moment six? You so, would still win. And here's uh, why. Here, here's why. Uh, pioneers playing golf <laughs> versus connectors playing golf. Yeah, I, I swear to this. Uh, the reality is for golf for me is, is the fun. It's the relationship. It's a, it's the inside jokes. It's a, <laughs> it's really not about golf. Whereas yeah. a pioneer, they want to win. And it's like, no, 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 no. It, now, Steve's a pioneer connector, so he can be jovial and play with people versus the pioneer guardians playing golf. Yeah, that's true. It's like they are locked in and focused, and they don't want to mess around with anything else other than winning. Well, here's the little thing you see. Because if I'm coaching somebody, I become the most kind, you know, I'm thinking about them the whole time I help them win. But the moment they want to play me in a competition, then you're going down. Because basically, if you want to win, then basically I'll I'll play you properly. So yeah, we've got the actual final coming up on 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 uh, on Saturday this week, Jez. So we've got the final, the captain's charity. If we win, I think we win fifteen hundred dollars each, which is quite a lot of money. So you know, and um, right behind your head, like right above your head, isn't that a isn't that a trophy from the last two years? Yeah, probably. I've lost some of my trophies recently, so you know, I had to give them back because COVID means we didn't play. But no, hopefully we can get another one on the wall. But yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question, Hunter. I think Hunter's angling to come over and play in the uh, the next uh, giant golf trip. So I've got one in May that I've sent you an invite for, by the way. I know. I think I, we'd I be a great partnership, Jez. We'd be a great yeah, partnership. Yeah. yeah, and we're we're actually we have one of our uh, giants who's who's a certified yeah. guide, Thane. Marcus Thane is doing a the leadership majors, and I get to play in the first one in Pinehurst. And we're actually no sending way. out the invites uh, here really soon in uh, in March or April. So uh, yeah, yeah, super. We'll excited put that in the show notes so people can kind of say one, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I did Good. not realize that that uh, question would turn into a five voices training, but thank you guys, of course. So, <laughs> all right, I'll see you as we uh, as we introduce our guests here. All right. Well, hey, today super excited. Uh, we have a guest. We we always have Woo! a guest here on the Giant Leadership Podcast, and today we have Jeff Broadnax. Jeff. Welcome, my friend. How are you, sir? I'm blessed, man. Can't be anything else. And listen, I'm a connector golfer as well, so I, I would I would love to play. I'd put the smiley faces in, man. I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> happy with you. golf. Happy golf, you. man. Happy golf. If, if any connectors want to go play happy golf, I'll teach you how. Uh, <laughs> we'll meet up. I'll show you the how to score it. There's yeah. all types of games. A typical, typical connectors. We've had the rules of golf for over 200 years. And because you don't necessarily like the rules of golf as they are, you make up your own and play by happy feet, wherever it is, happy face. It's, you know what golf scores are? The Hang on. Golf scores are critical feedback. And connectors don't like the crit, the critique. <laughs> it's, and you see the critique every time you get back in your cart. That's right. So why not? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's why Mr. Uh, Mulligan lives in our back. Mr. Mulligan lives in our back. <laughs> hey, uh, everyone, meet Jeff Broadnax. Jeff is regional director of Grace Communion International. He is uh, also he's he does a little bit of coaching as well. But he is uh, he's a great friend, great man. He lives mm-hmm. in Ohio. Are you in Columbus, Jeff? South of Columbus. Columbus. That's awesome. So tell us about what's the biggest aha? What's one of the biggest aha has been for you, Jeff, uh, personally, is it, whether it's a tool? Uh, is it a is it a story? What What is it specifically that's been helpful? I, I will say the biggest aha for me is the inhibition prohibition tool. I, I, I came into the giant world in my 50s, right? But I realized that the whole concept of liberation was huge because I I realized that in my 20s, there were some things that happened in my early leadership life in my Mm. 20s that just squelched. I worked for some really dominating people and uh, Mm. it squelched my creativity. It squelched my ability to make firm decisions and leadership decisions and and to be a, have, have that pioneer voice. And so I really began to, to focus on my, on my nurture and guardian voices. And I did that for probably 15 to 20 years. Mm. This tool liberated me and it helped me actually know myself to realize that I can access nurturing guardian. And I'm, I try to be a kind person. I try to be you know detailed, but my ability to dream had been stolen. My ability to dream had been mm. squelched and it was as if handcuffs came off. I could explain it to other people, but I never saw it for me until I started going through the giant training. So that was that was the biggest aha of all for me. And so uh, when you, Jeff, when you were when you were really diving into the tools that you, you said that you got the tools uh, when you met your uh, the president really showed you. And did what kind of change did you see in other people? Well, I, I've been in, I've been in, in pastoral ministry. I was in pastoral ministry for 32 years. And so in our denomination, our culture was a dominated culture in, in, in some cases. We were very hierarchical in our in our approach. And we'd gone through a, a major shift in the 90s, a denominational shift in the 90s. And and our culture, what we ended up doing was shifting into a protector culture. And so our leadership wasn't we, we weren't cohesive as we liked each other, we loved each other, but we weren't a team. We weren't team based. We weren't able to function using each each of our giftings and each of our our, our, mm. our internal voices, our, our natural voices. What I began to see is in the culture, we began to talk differently. We began to realize that we are different. We're wired differently. So we had to learn to speak differently to each other. I, I just mm-hmm. saw us making a concerted effort as leaders at the at the organizational level, but then trying to pass that on. So I, I became a part of the, I was the, one of the two trainers that was training our lead pastors throughout, because we're a worldwide organization, throughout our organization even working with some of our folks in Australia, we've worked with folks in the Philippines, but I just saw a a complete shift. And I mean a complete shift in our leadership culture, as far as how we communicate, how we try to collaborate and how we really optimize the leadership gifting and the leadership natural voicings that we have. So last question, Uh, give us one story, one liberation story for either your family or team or like, not general, but real specific story. You know, that's a hard thing to ask a connector, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably a dozen of them going on. 
Uh, I mean, I, I could give you the one where it transformed in my marriage because my wife and I, she's a guardian. So my, my provision plan promise was huge, learning to speak that way. But the one I'll tell you is, is one, uh, when I first completed the Transforming Team Communication uh, workshops, I did my, 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 my practice group with a group of millennials. There were probably, there were nine of them. And they, they had graduated from college and they were looking to, they were going into their, their work lives, but they also were forming a nonprofit and they were coming together, but they were coming and they had, they had found your podcast actually. And so they had listened to some of the pieces of the podcast. This is about three years ago. And so I began working with them and I asked them if they would join me in, in going through this training with them. And, and, and so they did. And so the leader of one of the leaders of the group, he and I, have, I've known him since he was a young child, but. Uh, as we've gone on, I've worked them through their process of getting their, their organization started. But just recently, I was counseling he and his fiance for marriage. I did their wedding on Saturday. But it was uncanny how many times throughout the course of our time together, they would bring up giant tools. They would bring up um, the, 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 the support challenge matrix. They would bring up going to the source. They would bring up uh, the, the 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 balance the balance life, right? They would bring those things up, and we would talk through them. Whether they were talking about how do they work with their parents, how do they help, how do they differentiate from their parents? They were using giant tools. How do they deal with their um, their their work life balance, their their schedules? We start talking about gears. It was amazing that within three years, just kind of going through the the TTC with them that they picked up on it and now they use it in their relationship. Fascinating to me. And, you know, it, it tells you how sticky, um, how simple, how scalable, how shareable the giant tools are. And these, these two millennials, they, they're, they're walking, talking billboards because they've integrated it into their lives. So that would be one of my best stories out of it to see how it translates, not just in the, in the business sense or corporate sense, but in the personal lives. And it made a huge difference for Brandon and Sarah. Well, Jeff, uh, you are, man, you're a liberator. Uh, your heart is so for other people. But what I love is the journey to liberation, moving from through the protector quadrant back over to challenge and learning how to challenge well and learning how to do that so consistently. I think that's one of the keys of a great leader is consistency. And you are that. And, and I just applaud you and, and I'm sure grateful for you and your friendship. And thank you for thank you for going for it, man. Thanks for being such a such a great, great liberator. Good to see you. I don't think you guys will ever know how much this has been a giant has been a part of helping me as a leader just be liberated. So thank you. Thank you both for, for the time that you put in. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me today. All right, Jeff. See you, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. That's so kind. That oh, that's encouraging, isn't it? Absolutely. So good. So good. So, um, you know, where we're at is we are, we are at the end of our show, but we won't always want to leave with a final thought. Mm -hmm. So the final thought for the show. So Steve-O, um, yeah. what is it, man? What do you want to say? I think I'll tie it into what I was going to say, obviously in true pioneer connected style, but I think that every time you hear someone tell the story of how sticky the tools are, it reinforces me to, again, the power of what it is we work so hard to do is to make everything that we teach visual, interactive with immediate application, designed for children, designed for teenagers. 
And I think I just find that so profound. And I've had my, my final thought was, you know, was I've had a conversations this week with people that have been speaking about we've used disk before, we've used Enneagram, we've used colors before. And they're always asking me, like, well, you know, how does voices work? Or we're worried if we do voices, it may be better, but we're going to lose something. And what I said to them, which actually I think worked really well, was I said to them, I said, what is it you really, really want to keep from what you've done before? So don't don't worry about how much money did you spend um, or how many who championed the program, because somebody must have at some point asked the question a year on from actually putting that into the, the vocabulary and language of your team and organization. What is it that has been so profound you don't want to lose? And I'll make sure when we do voices, we don't lose what it is that you feel was really profound. And, you know, that disarmed a lot of the conversation. Rather than it be a competitor to, it's simply better than. But what it meant was that actually they were able to go, let me go away and think about it. They came back with a few. It's amazing how few things they came back with. But it was interesting to me the positioning it of going, we want to honor the investment you've already made. We know that Voices does a better job because Voices is integrated with a toolkit. It isn't just a personality lens. So in that sense, I'm prepared to be bold and say it's the best there is and I'll defend that anywhere but I found that was my little thought for the day of going if you've already used another personality you know or profile tool whatever it is don't feel that that excludes the use of voices because we'll work with you to make sure that you don't lose what you believe is really important from what you've already had but don't stop yourself using something which actually is going to be way more scalable and ultimately way more applicable not just for individuals, but for teams in your organization. So there you go. That was a that was a British plug, but hopefully a, a measured pioneer response with my baby grenade launcher. What about you, Jess? Well, I think if you add that, you know, if you think about voices, voices is a system. It's yeah. not a one-time uh, personality profile. It's a communication system. It's a relationship yeah. system. It's an alignment process. It leads to execution and capacity. And that's really, really important to understand. So uh, as you're doing this really well, mm. then you know that's a key component to understanding that it's a system. It's not a one-time or one-month thing that you do. Uh, for me, I, I go back to what Jeff, you know, you, you see someone I met, Jeff. I mean, he was a mess. He was awful. No, he was a great, he's a great guy. Jeff was amazing. He always has been. But uh, what's interesting is actually the tools gave him tools. It was it was in him already, but he didn't have the language. And we probably hear that the most. Yes. When I saw it, I this is what I've been thinking, but I didn't have the tool. I didn't have the language. I didn't have the visual. I didn't have the process. But that's what I've been thinking the whole the whole time. So what we do is we just find people who are you know have a desire for liberation. And if that's you, then you know it's really simple. Uh, you can you can join us. You can become a guide. You could actually. Uh, you could actually get certified in this if you want to do it part-time, if you want to do it full-time, um, or you want to bring it into your organization. We just made it really, really simple uh, mm. and very uh, low cost and very effective. But until next time, thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part. And we'll see you on the Giant Leadership Podcast. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, whether live or remote, Jeremy Kubitschek speaks to audiences all over the world. Jeremy is a best-selling author, international speaker, and co-founder of Giant Worldwide. He has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. Whether you're looking to impact your executive team, your entire organization, or if you're hosting a public event, go to jeremykubicek.com to learn more.